Hello, everyone. If you are joining us, we're just going to take some time to give um, people some time to hop on, but we'll get started shortly. All righty, we'll go ahead and kick things off. Thank you, everyone, for taking time to join us for another Thought Leaders panel. My name is Taylor Brown, and I'm the editor of Club Solutions, and we have another great um, group of panelists that are here to talk about a really important topic, which is the fitness industry's role in mental health. So to start, I would love for everyone to just go around and introduce yourselves, maybe share a little bit about your facilities, and then, of course, as always, a fun fact for everyone. So, Aaron, we'll start with you. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Erin. I'm the owner of Becoming Better Wellness, and I'm also a wellness coach and personal trainer. I empower and educate young women to take care of their bodies physically and mentally and believe in themselves. Um, I've really made it my mission to help young women because it's a time where we're so full of hope and impressionable um, and excited about our future that I would like to be able to give those women, young women, as many tools as possible to live their dreams. Um, a fun fact, I love to sing in the car and I have four kids and often I don't know the words ever. So I will honestly usually make up the words and my three and five-year-old constantly remind me of the real words. And then my 14-year-old loves to turn the volume up. And that's when I know I'm really, really bad, but that would be <laughs> my fun fact. Awesome. Elise, we'll go to you next. Yeah. Hi, my name is Elise. I'm the fitness director here at Stone Creek Club and Spa. So we are located in Covington, Louisiana. We have a membership base of about a little under 6,000 right now. We run up to 80 classes per week. So I oversee group fitness, personal training, Pilates. Um, so we have a lot of moving parts here. Personally, I'm very passionate about mental health. Um, I've dealt with anxiety my whole life. Um, and as a young woman, like Erin was saying, I never really knew how to process that. Um, you know, in my younger teenage adolescent years, it wasn't really until I got into college and just so happened to discover exercise that it really changed my life personally. So um, it's very, very close to my heart. Uh, I think it's, you know, one of the most important aspects of fitness that people don't really talk about. You know, we're always so focused on the aesthetic, but for me personally, it, it was the mental um, impact that had the most positive impact on me versus anything that I have ever tried um, to deal with anxiety. So um, fun fact about me, I was really trying to think about this because I'm like, I'm really boring. Um, but I am related. My great, great aunt was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. She was a songwriter. So she actually wrote for Elvis, Merle Haggard, Jimmy Rogers, um, and her name is Elsie. So if you flip a couple of letters in my name, so Elsie, Elise, um, and she is in the Country Music Hall of Fame. So pretty interesting. First woman to make a career out of songwriting in country music. Awesome. Laura, we'll go to you. That was a really fun fact, by the way. <laughs> Not boring at all. <laughs> well, what's that me? But, you know. Yeah. So um, um, I'm Laura Newman. I am from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, but I'm working in Watosa, Wisconsin at the Wisconsin Athletic Club. I'm a personal trainer and also a mental health coach. We recently just um, implemented a new program called Integrated Services, where we're offering mental health coaching one-on-one -on -one and also group um, therapy for grief, loss, and recovery. So it's a brand new program, has been very beneficial. The first club that I'm aware of um, in Wisconsin to implement something such of this nature. Um, mental health is very close and dear to my heart. It's something that I've always wanted to do um, on a more personal level. I worked for the state of Wisconsin. I worked for the health, um, health services. I'm a teacher, I teach lifespan psychology, but I wanted to find a way to integrate everything all together. And my all during my schooling, I was a personal trainer. And when I left, I really missed the club and I missed the 
the coaching aspect of training and just the the culture. And so luckily this, this employer, the Wisconsin athletic club was so open and ready to start something brand new. And it's been really successful. And, um, and I'd love to share more about it. So fun fact about me, um, I, so American sign language is my first language. English is my second. Um, so that's my fun fact. I feel like I could share on and on, but I'll save, save the time for the others. (laughs) That's a really cool fun fact as well. Jacqueline, we'll go to you. Sure. Uh, My name is Jacqueline Buchanan. I am the Director of Communications, Wellness, and Fitness Marketing at InShape and California Family Fitness. Um, My role encompasses everything from external and brand communications to marketing strategy and implementation, and also then our wellness programs and product development across our um, 63 premium, um, you know, family-friendly clubs in California. It's really the best. I like love what I get to do every day because again, it mixes all of the things that I'm passionate about, right? Um, and also for 13 years now, I've been a yoga and mindfulness coach, and um, I also host our Wellness Wednesday workshops at InShape and CalFit. And um, in fact, I have one in 55 minutes <laughs> um, that I have to jump off for. Um, so, fun fact about me: um, I forgot about this part, but. Um, I'm actually, despite not having an accent, I am an Australian citizen. I lived there for nine years and um, had my first baby there. My second baby was born here. Um, But yeah, lived there for nine years, studied, did my master's there, and then decided to stay on the beautiful beaches of Sydney. So that's my fun fact. Awesome. Last but not least, Mary. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Uh, My name is Mary Frank. I am the vice president of sales and marketing at the Cincinnati Sports Club. For 33 years now, uh, the club has been a single location hybrid health club that strives to meet the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs of our members in one convenient location. We sit on 16 acres and look to just provide a well-rounded lifestyle for our member community. Fun fact about me, um, I've actually been with the club for 30 years. I started as an intern. The first three years that the club was opened, they went through about five sales managers. And about 27 years ago, they had hired our new general manager. And he just happened to see me and he said, so you're the sales and marketing manager? And I said, I am now. And I've been in that position for 27 years. And uh, our club is thriving and growing and very exciting about uh, some of the initiatives we've launched this year for our members and the mental wellness. Awesome. Fun fact. Um, I drive a lime green Jeep that has a blue shovel on it. So I make sure that I don't get into any road rage because I'm very easily identifiable. (laughs) That's a good one. Awesome. Well, thank you all for taking the time to be here, and we'll go ahead and jump into the meat of it all. Um, To start things off, I'd love to get your all's thoughts on what role fitness professionals play in influencing kind of members' mental health. And maybe a simpler way to put it is I saw a study this morning that um, proved that, proved from this study sample, that exercise was more impactful than medication for certain things. And I think we all know the great benefits of exercise and what it does to mental health. But I'd love to know what, how do you think the fitness um, industry impacts that for its members? So to start, I'll have Elise go. So I think people come to us, they come to a health club for various reasons, but I'm a firm believer that if someone is, finding themselves in an unhealthy situation, if they are overweight or they're going through something, um, surgery or some kind of chronic illness, the impact that that has on their mental health is huge. Most people that are overweight or have been inactive for so long, they usually have something stemming inside of them emotionally that has caused them to get to that point. So that's one aspect of course, not everybody could be a series of how they were raised or what their diet was. But I know personally, the the members that I come in contact with that are like, I've, I've just, I have to do something. 
it usually is stemming from something that a past trauma or a divorce or something that they're going through emotionally that they just put themselves to the side. And then we have the chronic illness aspect of it as well. Um, something that's out of your control completely, but that's had such a negative impact on their emotional state. So I think we have to be aware when people come in here, the effort and the courage it takes someone just to walk through the doors of a health club. And I think having that perspective is crucial. Um, from the moment they walk in and shake the hands of the person at the front desk to the member services person, to if they get the courage to even walk into a group fitness class or walk onto the weight floor, being a smiling face, being that person that's going to meet them where they are and get to know them because we need to know what someone's root issue is. And of course, you're not going to know that if you're someone's trainer from the first day, there are people I've met that are like, look, my life blew up on me three years ago. And, you know, I have, I've just haven't had any time for myself and I'm ready to make a change. But then you have those people that it's, there's so much fear for them. So I think being that, that person that they can connect with. And I really try to work with my trainers on that is you're way more than a trainer. You're a counselor, you're a friend. That's, that's probably 80% of it. The other 20% is the workout, you know? So that's, that's the perspective that I take. It's, it's every person that's in this building is impacting that person, whether they know it or not, just by giving them a smile. So. Yeah, of course. Erin, we'll go to you next. Okay. Um, I agree with Elise. I, I think that it's so hard for people to come into a health club. And when they get there, it's, they just, they want to feel better. And usually they're typically very vulnerable and making them feel at ease and at peace and knowing that they're not going to be judged is something that's really important to set the tone. Um, I know personally, when I coach, I always start with, I just want to let you know that I am never going to judge you. And that's a very rare thing um, for someone to experience because we're so judgmental of ourselves. But I also would just say that mental health is impacts everyone. Everyone is so busy right now, so stressed. Anxiety is just skyrocketing and it's just become finally something that people are talking about but I know personally for me all of the mental health struggles I had were really rooted in a lot of shame and it took a lot of work to be able to walk through that um, so just making people feel comfortable um, the last owner of the club that I worked with or worked for would always say talk to the people that are not talking to anyone. Don't talk to the popular people. Talk to the people that just maybe are kind of fading into the background because they want to be noticed. Um, everyone wants to be seen and everybody wants to be heard and accepted. Um, I would say that this is a really exciting time for fitness because we can reach more people because sometimes it's hard to say, I, you know, for some people, I don't like my body. I don't like the way I feel about myself. But if they can come in and say, I want to work on my mental health, it's a, there's less resistance to that. It's, it's just easier to come in that way. And I think that it's really important to change the conversation from fitness is, what, what did you say the quote was again? I, I think I read this recently. Um, Taylor, which, what was the quote about fitness being more impactful than medication? Well, yep. anyway, so, okay, so that's the gist of it. But I think that if we can really be open-minded and say, it's fitness and, fitness and medication, fitness and therapy, fitness and meditation, fitness and nature, and really say that, okay, all of these things are needed to make a positive impact on mental health, then I think that it will feel more approachable because sometimes somebody really only has the ability to take a pill and that's fine. But if we're less judgmental about that and say, we just want you 
no matter what. And we want to give you all the tools and you practice them as you see fit. I think that it would be easier for people to approach fitness and, and coming into gyms. Yeah, of course. Laura, we'll go to you. Sure. Um, I really like both of those answers. And I was, oh, my brain was thinking and I was like, oh, I was going to say that I was going to say that. But to piggyback off of the vulnerability, I think what's great about um, not necessarily the vulnerability, but when we start working with our clients, you can start to see that, that vulnerability ease off a little bit and there becomes a relationship and a connection. And at that point, that's when you're in a place where you can be a leader and say, not only are we here for our physical selves, but we're here for our mental, you know, our mental selves too. And you kind of um, lead and guide that, that client into um, whether it be psychoeducation or whether it be a recommendation to say, hey, you know, I really heard you talk about, you know, so-and-so and it seems like it's bothering you. Like, I'm glad that you're here, keep showing up. But what if you thought about listening to a podcast, getting a book, seeing me or, you know, seeing somebody that's outside of, um, of the, the services. And so it, we start to become one of those um, people that are going to be trusted and relied on. And since that vulnerability is already there and we've established that relationship, we're like the first in line to say, here are some really good things that I think that you can do for yourself in addition to the fitness. Um, for me, especially since I am doing that coaching, so we could do coaching and we could do personal training. So it's like soft coaching, or we could meet and talk for the first 30 minutes and then come back out and, and do our, and do our, like our physical activities. I always hear when I first came in here, I felt overwhelmed. I felt just, you know, I felt overwhelmed by my situation. I had anxiety. I couldn't stop thinking. My mind was racing and I think this first 30 minutes that we did together where we actually talked was able to give me the space and the opportunity to be able to also do some physical activity right after, which is like the best you're, you know, you're having both at the same time. And so I think we often forget how important it is to not only exercise our physical muscles, but to exercise our, our mental muscles, which would be emotions, thoughts, um, relationships and things like that. Um, so that's what I think. Yeah, I think a common theme I'm hearing so far is at the end of the day, all club members are human, right? We all have stuff we're dealing with and just acknowledging that can go a long way. Jacqueline, we'll go to you next. Sure. So um, I think I think it's really important that, you know, we, we aren't trained mental health professionals or licensed mental health professionals, or at least I'm not. Um, but I think what we can do is provide that really valuable source of motivation, of support, of empowerment um, to those members that, you know, need a little extra mental health support or welcoming them in and getting them on that journey. Um, we know how movement benefits well-being. And I think if we can actually focus our communication on how that movement gives you more energy, gives you more vitality, um, gives you that strength to live better and how impactful that can be for your mental well-being. I think that's when we do a, a good job. I think we we can influence positive mental health practices by talking about them, by destigmatizing them, by encouraging members to, um, you know, to get help or to see a licensed professional or if you have a program to enroll in it, right? Um, so I think if we focus on movement and how it can infuse this positivity that build resilience, enhance self-esteem, all of these other emotional and mental benefits um, that come from exercise that, you know, Elise, you touched on. Um, I think that can really um, help our members like find that joy, find that energy and um, really inspire them to take the steps of that daily, daily um, physical activity. And I think that's how we can really do our part to influence this collective, well, mental well-being of our members and the communities that we serve. Yeah, great information. Mary. Yeah, so, you know, um, piling up on a lot of what was shared, one of the initiatives that we started right after COVID with that whole movement was 150 Strong. So everything showing that exercising could be fun. So we came up with a whole campaign about 150 Strong and we would give t-shirts to members and take photographs of them having fun because everybody looks or a lot of people look at exercising as a task and that it's not something that they enjoy. But we wanted to show through pictures that people were having fun and making connections with others and being in an environment that people were looking to improve their overall health through exercise. 
And then a lot of Jacqueline, what you said really resonated. You know, we um, we are working with our health partner, which is in Cincinnati. We have a hospital system called TriHealth, and we are working with them to develop a program of awareness for all of our professional staff. So on our campus, you know, I'll have massage therapists, I'll have hairstylists, nail techs, private trainers, instructors. So a lot of different professionals who will spend a lot more intimate time with people. And we want to together develop a program about how to recognize and then refer because our team are not trained professionals to give advice, but if we can equip our team with resources for them to use individually, such as our employee assistance program, as well as now if they have a client or somebody who is being vulnerable and sharing, they can talk about the resources available through our free confidential counseling program at the club. Yeah, great information. Um, we've talked a lot about how everyone is typically dealing with something in our personal lives, right? And I think the statistic is now that one in every four per people um, struggle with mental health. So clearly that's going to be a big chunk of your population that you might not be aware of. So I'd love to get your insights on how important it is for fitness trainers and instructors just to have like a basic understanding, kind of what you were talking about, Mary. Um, so if someone walks in that's typically, um, you know, just really happy and they're down one day, something traumatic is going on in their life that's impacting it, how can your personal trainers, your fitness instructors, mental health or not mental health, front desk staff really be there and see those signs and how can they step in? And Laura, we'll start with you on this one. Sure. That's a great question. So I think, um, I think often as staff, uh, whether they're working front desk, whether they're folding the laundry, whether they're doing behind the scenes and cleaning like and doing maintenance, I think it's really important to have some kind of baseline on our mental health because I think we miss sometimes that not only is our mental health inclusive of our like thoughts and our emotions, but our relationships and they're reciprocal. So one can influence the other and the other can influence the other as well. And so I, I I'm not sure how many people are exposed to a psychology 101 class or even the the foundations of taking care of your awareness and being more mindful of yourself. And as we're like pushing this, you know, this new movement in the fitness industry, I still think that we need to take the time to educate not only like our members, but our, you know, our teammates, but our members as well. But as far as like our staff, you know, if there would be some kind of like curriculum where there is, you know, maybe a four week training, I know that at our club will do some kind, we have like WAC university. So we'll bring in staff and we'll do training. And we'll also do training that does like cover mental health and better ways to connect with your, your members and, you know, when to be able to ask those questions that might follow up, but also not interfere with the safety, the psychological safety of another person. So communication skills, learning how to be psychologically safe in those conversations, per person-centered um, uh, thoughtfulness in the sense that you're thinking about the person and following their beliefs, their strengths, and their, their cultural values. So it's something that we have to learn. I don't think that just by, you know, maybe listening to a podcast here and there that it would really develop the deep understanding of like a baseline of what our mental health is. And then in, in addition to being able to have some kind of education piece about it, you yourself become more educated and more resourceful. And then you'll find yourself tapping into more things. And then you become a larger resource for those members and those um, um, that are looking and reaching out to you for some advice or just looking to you as guidance. So that's what my thoughts are. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point is a lot of people, um, I feel like there's a lot of stigma around mental health and what even all mental health entails, right? So education is kind of the baseline of your entire staff needs to be on the same page of what mental health truly is. Jacqueline, we'll go to you. Sure. Um, so I think I think it's important that we make sure we're not trying to take the spot of a licensed, you know, mental health professional and walking around having our welcome desk like diagnosing people. I think that's really important that we don't cross that line or go anywhere near there, right? Um, as as I think everyone on this panel agrees. But um, that said, I think it is important for us to have a baseline level of desire to connect. And if you have that desire to connect with people and um, meet them where they are, then I think our, our team can do a really good job of 
identifying maybe someone that's having a down day or needs a little extra encouragement. Um, I think it's important for us as like, a, you know, a trainer or a group fitness instructor to understand our members' vulnerabilities, whether those are internal or external, like, you know, not enough sleep or poor nutrition or stressful life events and how that can affect them and how and if they then show up for that session. Um, and for example, when I'm leading a wellness workshop or teaching yoga or meditation, I view my role as a motivator and as a guide. And I want to motivate people to try something new, to shift their mindset, to push their progress a little bit, or educate them in an accessible way to try to meet them where they are, to inspire them to take that next step, like reading a, you know, a book recommendation or seeking additional professional help. If I can inspire one person to find a therapist that really needs it, like I feel like I've done my job. Um, and I think it's really important that we don't impose our own needs or our own workouts or whatever we think we need on our members, but really see them on their unique journey and what they need, you know, give them the tools they need to accomplish the job that they have to do. And I think that makes a difference in how they feel if they're empowered rather than being discouraged and if they'll continue putting in work. And I think that's where we can really make a difference and why it's important that we have some little baseline understanding of the need to connect and mental health or mental well-being is a basis there. Yeah. Erin. Um, I agree with so many things Jacqueline just said. I I don't know. I think that I tend to focus on more of the light side of mental health um, with the clients that I work with. I think it tends to get really heavy and oftentimes therapy is just something something that most people don't have access to number one but also it's it's just a small part of mental health and mental well-being and I always felt that it was really important to help my clients with some sort of mental health but all because it really has a lot to do with their success and allowing our clients to feel successful, like they got to the point that they wanted to be. Um, because if you see someone for one hour a week, or they come into the club three days a week, there are so many more hours of the day and things that they're dealing with in their life. And if we can't talk about having some sort of tools to be able to deal with those things in a healthy way, but also just practice those things. I think that, I mean, I would say we could all agree that fitness and eating well, those things are all really simple to understand and easy for people to understand, but actually implementing them and executing them in your daily life is really, really challenging. So I like to point out the things that people do on a daily basis that will actually have a positive impact on their mental health, like breathing, um, just doing, I'm a big fan of the five minute journal, having a plan for the day. Um, not going on a screen first thing in the morning because that impacts our ability to focus. It increases anxiety, increases stress. Taking a shower, feeding yourself first thing in the morning, that's going to have an impact on your mental health, on your ability to focus and be present and um, regulate emotions. So there's all of these little things that maybe if we don't make people aware of that they're doing or not doing on a daily basis that will impact their success with a club or feeling successful physically. And we all know that it takes so much time for someone to like see results or feel like they've made this progress when we've really kind of before in the past focused on the outside being the success. And if we can focus on reinforcing that positive of, oh my goodness, I feel great after my workout and actually specifically asking the client or member, how do you feel? Because then they'll connect that with the, you know, with movement, with exercise, with whatever they're doing to take care of themselves, that suddenly will become, or not suddenly, that eventually will become the stimuli that if I exercise, I'm going to feel good. And if I don't want to feel bad, then here are the things that I can do to make myself feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Mary, we'll go to you next. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so along a lot of the same lines, our private trainers, you know, here in Ohio, our trainers cannot talk about nutrition. So 
we um, encourage them to talk about the things that they can talk about, the exercise, sleep, natural light, you know, the things that people can do within their day, because they are going to have that connection. I am work out with a number of the different trainers and for them to know what I'm going through or what things are impacting my day, but they can always be there and talk about, okay, what are you doing to take care of yourself and talking about just some modifications in sleep, um, exposure to natural light. You know, my office and a lot of people don't get natural light in our facility. We have natural light pretty much throughout the entire venue um, available for that. But then some of the other things that some of our own trainers got motivated to do with some of our smaller classes, our more intimate boot camps or group training, they would go through a gratitude practice at the end. And it was a way then also for the people within that class to get to connect a little bit further with those other class participants, you know, and taking that, that class experience beyond the movement and the music and the instructor, but now go around in a circle and talk about, you know, what are you grateful for today? And um, allows the member to member connection to grow a little bit more with that as well. Yeah, I'm sure that member to member connection also helps people keep coming back to those classes as well on top yeah. of the well-being benefits. So that's yeah. great. Elise, love to get your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what everyone said. I actually was going to mention kind of what Aaron was talking about with the aesthetic goals. That's usually, you know, in the past what people are wanting to see. But as we know, that takes time. So for me, as a trainer and what I like to encourage my trainers to do is let's focus in on how someone is feeling. Um, I think sleep like Mary and everyone kind of touched on sleep is, or lack of sleep is one of the biggest issues we have. Um, and exercise, we know, you know, there's tons of research out there that exercise is going to help you sleep better. And if you sleep better, then guess what? You feel better. You have less anxiety. You're functioning higher in your day. And to me, exercise is a form of therapy. Um, and I think for our trainers and our group fitness instructors to realize that and make comments when you're coaching someone, make comments when you're teaching a class about how much better you're going to sleep tonight because of this workout. Um, there's something so therapeutic, at least to me personally, about just sweating it out, um, turning that music up, being with a group of people. We all came from somewhere different throughout our day. We have teachers who've been in a classroom, you know, for nine hours today. We have moms who have four kids under the age of 10. They're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. We have dads that have been in the car all day driving um, for their job. And all these people from all these different walks of life are walking into a group fitness class. And we're all just there because we want to sweat. We want to wear ourselves out. We want to do this together. We're going to motivate each other and we're all going to sleep better tonight. And so that's for me is, is giving people that motivation and trying to focus in on not what we look like, oh, our biceps are going to grow because we're doing these, you know, uh, bicep curls, but man, we're, we're, we're going to make it through this. We're going to do this together and we're all going to have a better night and we're going to have a better day tomorrow because of this. And I think having our fitness professionals tap into that um, with their clients one-on-one, -on -one, not just leaving them after their one hour session for the week or two hours a week. Like someone mentioned, there's, you know, many, many more hours in the week, but doing little check-ins, you know, Hey Mary, um, hope your workout, you know, was great yesterday. How are you feeling today? Um, did you get a good night's sleep? Are you sore? Let's do it again. Um, did you feel like you were able to get more accomplished throughout your day and, and focusing in on those things instead of, okay, you lost two pounds this week. That's great. That The physical aspects are going to come if you're consistent. But in order to get someone to be consistent, you have to focus on the other things that are not physical. Um, the physical aspects, that's going to be your, your longer term um, results. So I think for me, it's, it's really tapping into that mental health and exercise as a form of therapy. So- 
Yeah, I think that's a good segue into my next question. Um, Since the pandemic, a lot of people realize the importance of their health and they realize that exercise is a great way to stay healthy. Um, So that has brought a lot of people into fitness centers that aren't there for the physical benefits. They don't want to look a certain way. They just want to improve their health. They want to get their blood pressure down, right? They want to be able to move better. So we've talked about how exercise has these great benefits. I'd love to know your um, how can the industry better promote all of the benefits that exercise has instead of just growing your biceps or getting faster at running and things along that line? So Mary, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, you know, I think um, when when the industry was lumped into the entertainment category during COVID and we were going to be shut down for that, it became such a pivotal moment for us here at the club to say, you know, we need to continue to position us as essential. And how were we going to change up our communication strategy, not only to our own team members, not only to our existing members, but also to those people who are looking to join the club that we want to be considered essential, just as important as your grocery store. And so navigating and having the industry position the club or the gym or the workout facility as a place that serves the whole person, because we are more than a workout. We are also about relaxation. We're about recovery. We're a place that people can have fun. And one of the new questions that we've been asking, even at the time that somebody is inquiring and touring our campus, we ask them, what are you looking most forward to to enjoy at the club? Or what do you want to do for fun while you're at the club? So that they can realize that they're coming to us, not just for a workout, but this is a place that, hey, I I can't wait till my next pickleball league match. You know, I can't wait to sit next to the adult only pool and I can work outside, but be out in the natural light and away from the office. And we've always told our members, that we want to be their second home. This We want this to be a place that they can come and feel good about themselves. And I think the whole industry is starting to take that direction of we are here to serve a whole person and we are just as important as going to your doctor, just as important as going to your grocery store. So that shift from we're not just about entertainment and for people who want to look good, we're about people who really want to take care of their whole self and improve that through movement. Yeah, awesome. Erin, we'll go to you next. This is, this is, I I think this is the really the challenging part of, of progressing the industry because when we're playing this outside game of I'm, you know, if I go to the gym and I do all the workouts that I'm supposed to, and I meet my calorie goals every day and I eat the way I'm supposed to, then I will get the results that I want. And then I will be happy. And shifting the conversation from that to mental health, which is more of a, it's a journey. It's a one player game. It's an internal game. And being able to show the benefits of that is it's really hard, um, but like Mary talked about earlier, I think that the more that we talk about doing what makes you happy, doing what's going to, like what is fun to you, what's going to create joy in your life, and then it becomes something that someone looks forward to, that somebody wants to do, instead of, like you said before, something that they have to do. Um, I I know that, the club um, that I go to, they do a lot of education through email, through magazines. And some of it is kind of like, it's pretty serious. Like there was one about neuroplasticity this week. And I think that people are, I think people are really getting engaged in this and like, how can I, how can I change the way that I live my life? How can I change the way that I feel about myself and my life and having access to all of these things that we didn't have before? will really change the way that people approach going to a club or, you know, just but having so many options that they can be outside, they can, you know, be with their friends, be in a community and all of those things are helping them become more successful 
in the gym or feeling good about themselves. Yeah, I like the idea of helping members find what sparks joy in them because if I went to the gym and they told me how to do a hundred burpees, I'd leave and never come back. But <laughs> I could run all day, but make me do burpees and I'm never coming back. So I think it's really important just to have that personalized approach with members and helping them find their own journey. Elise, we'll go to you next. Yeah, kind of to piggyback off of what Mary uh, mentioned, but so our motto here, our slogan is your everyday getaway. So mm-hmm. we really take that to heart. We are much more than just a gym. You know, we are we are a resort, basically. We are your escape from your day-to-day. And some people love the exercise part. I'm one of those crazy people that, you know, if I don't work out, uh, you know, a couple of days, I'll start getting kind of, you know, irritated, agitated. And, and my husband's like, you need to go work out. You're in a bad mood. Um, but then there's people that we have and a lot of people come and they might stroll, you know, on the treadmill for 15 minutes. And that's, that's our workout, but then they're hanging out here for three to four hours. Um, we have one member in particular that he comes in every single day. He will walk in our lap pool for about 15 or 20 minutes. And then he sits in the cafe for about four hours. And that is his daily routine. And it makes him so happy. Um, Everybody knows his name. We're greeting him. We know what he wants to drink. And just those little small things. It sounds small, but to be that place that someone can come and get that human connection, if they're isolated, if they don't have anyone that lives with them. If, you know, maybe their wife or their husband passed away. Um, and this is really our health club is, is their outlet for social connection. And I think the impact that, that we can have on someone's life, this in the smallest ways can impact somebody in the biggest ways. And it's not always going to be a personal trainer. It's not always going to be in a group fitness class. It could just as easily be the person that greets them at the front desk or the person that takes their order at the cafe that they see every day. Um, And I think trying to keep that in mind and, and being compassionate to everybody and, and getting to know people, getting to know your members. Um, You know, we're here a lot and we know who the regulars are and making them feel like we want them here. We not want them we really do want them here. Um, and so letting them know that and checking in with them, I think speaks volumes. Um, and I think we can all do a better job. We're all busy. And especially being in this industry, we're always running around trying to get things done. But I think stopping to remind yourself of, man, he's in the cafe every day. And this really is the only place that we, that he goes. That is so important. Um, And just reminding yourself of those kind of things on a daily basis can impact somebody so much. Yeah, of course. Jacqueline, what are your thoughts? How can the industry better promote its services? Sure. Um, So I think it's encouraging to see how far we've come as an industry, um, while also recognizing how far I think we still have to go. So, you know, we talked about this briefly, but our industry is largely started of vanity and then it incorporated performance and then now we've kind of thrown in some longevity and now we have this great opportunity to incorporate mental well-being and show how essential it is to health um we've done this here in california with the california fitness alliance um during the pandemic mary similar here we we um put that together to just um prove that mental health is health and we are an essential component of that um so how we communicate this i think is really key prevention is proactive and movement is one of the best tools that we have to get ahead of physical or mental decline. And I think we can do a better job as an industry of speaking to that Um, rather than promoting unachievable goals and just like celebrating the end result with before and afters, we need to encourage people to do the daily work um, by educating them on it, celebrating progress, no matter how small, and then welcoming everybody and everybody um, Mm -hmm. into the mix, right? So I think what we really need to do is talk about and um, just talk about keeping the mind and body healthy, how movement is key to that, and um, how it's key to mental well-being. So yeah, prevention and well-being is proactive, and I think it's a daily pursuit. So we need to do a better job of communicating that as an industry. Yeah, totally agree. 
Laura, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really liked everybody's answer. Um, I'm going to say education all day, just as an educator. It is so essential to have that, to actually know what it means to have that mind-body connection, to actually understand how the physical body affects the mind and how the, the mind affects the physical body. And I think in a way we're so busy, right? We're, we're working with our clients. We have classes going on. We're in and out of the hallway. We're greeting. And so sometimes it's hard to have that opportunity to say, Hey, these are the, the things that we have going on um, inside the club. And this is why we're doing that. We find that social connection brings us together and it's really good um, to help us get out of our homes and to get us out of isolation, which could lead to, you know, longer um, mental health issues and things like that. Sometimes we don't have those opportunities to say things. So um, I like the idea of one on your website, on your, your, your social media, whether it's a blog, whether you're on like YouTube, TikTok, to start making mental health common day language. Like as many times as we're saying burpees, push-ups, goals, I'll see you next week. Thanks for coming in. Did you like your workout? We should be equally saying things about mental health by, so that way what we're using common language so that when somebody comes in, they say, you know what? I really, I had a, a bad day and I felt so empowered and I felt so good afterwards that I could tell that not only was my work ethic better, but my relationships were better. So the education has to come through putting our stuff on different outlets to be able to communicate what we're doing and why we're doing it and just how the physical and mental um, parts of us are connected. And then start educating our employees by saying, here are some common day languages that we want you to start implementing so that we can not only educate or make people feel safe, but we also break down the stigma. I think as much as we want to be like, we are turning the, you know, the tide and things are getting better stigma is always going to be the first and forefront thing that we need to overcome. So we need to be vulnerable ourselves if you're comfortable, of course, and we need to be able to talk about how mental health is, is just as equally as important as our physical health. Work that emotional muscle, just like you do that other muscle. You work your glute, you work your mind. It's all the same. It's all the same. So awesome. Well, we have about 15 minutes left. Um, time's flying by. But I'd love to know, some of you all have touched on this, but the specific programs you have at your club that focus more on mental or just overall well-being, um, and this can be for your members or if you have specific programs or education for your staff as well. Um, and Jacqueline, we'll start with you. Sure. So our wellness program at InShapes really just designed to bring the latest in wellness research and trends to our members and to our team members. Um, and it's really also part of its intentionally influencing the way that we market our fitness offering and the way that we talk about it, the way that we communicate what we provide. Um, so in addition to mind body classes and recovery zones featuring massage, compression, clinical therapy, meditation, and speaking to all of those benefits, um, we also offer well-being focused content and wellness education in our member and team member newsletters. Um, we feature integrated wellness messaging throughout our marketing, whether that's internal um, team member stuff or member facing in club, online, on the website, on our social media. And I also host wellness workshops for members um, and team members. These are on sleep optimization, how to build healthy boundaries, how to practice gratitude, um, intermittent fasting, the weightlifting for longevity. I mean, we have, you name it, we're talking about it in terms of um, trying to educate our members and our team members on how to take care of their mental and physical well-being. Um, in fact, I have one in a few minutes. So. Awesome. Mary. Yeah, you know, part of our mission is we use the words joyful stewards and stewardship is really embodying the care and taking seriously what it is that we're trying to do. And after COVID, we were seeing significant changes in reactions to our from our members that were much more stimulated than what the scenario should be. And we as stewards really wanted to say, we need to fill this gap. How can we do it? And earlier this year with our health partner, we rolled out a free confidential counseling program for our members. Um, not only is it free, it's confidential. We never know who is going. We just get numbers back of people using these sessions, but every member and their children, anybody who is an active member can receive up to three free telehealth sessions. Because again, stimulus response, they can go, we can try to educate, but 
we we needed to give them a resource. And you also, at the same time, had people's work models were changing. People weren't even going to work. So we didn't even know if companies were offering EAPs, employee-assisted programs, anymore as far as benefits. So our company, we've had an EAP, gosh, probably for about the last 10 years that was free for staff and their families. And we said, you know, we've got to really fill the gap. How can we do this? So we've launched it in the first quarter. We already blew through the budget for the year. We had to double down and make available more funds because we recognized that our members needed this, but they wanted to do it in a way that they could trust. They wanted to do it that they could go scan the QR code, identify who they were, and have access to these three free services, and then determine with that coaching and that counselor that is professionally trained, help guide them if they needed something more. And we're gonna carry that throughout the year. A lot of us in the industry have been able to identify that August and September are kind of like the new, new year. It's time when people reset and have their new resolutions. We've just started launching communications throughout the club of just like you're going maybe for your annual physical, now's the time to go for your annual mental wellness check and go have your check-in with somebody at the club um, through our um, confidential counseling program. So we do believe that we are one of the first clubs in the country um, based on all the roundtables and things that we sit on. We have not heard of anybody else going to this level, but we take that stewardship so seriously and really just wanted to give people a place because we could see that they needed something and we could help fill that gap. So. Awesome. That's really interesting, Mary. Um, it's extremely innovative. So thank you for sharing. Yep. Laura, we'll go to you next. Yeah, Mary, that is so neat. I, I mean, my brain was just turning wheels thinking about that. Um, I might have to follow up with you on the, like how that works out. I'm sure you, you get that a lot, but so cool. Um, so we we kind of are unique too in the way that we are um, offering services to our members now as well. And so I mentioned integrated wellness, um, which is a brand new program that is available to our members. And so we have our mental health coaching, which is like a one-on-one, -on -one, and then we have group sessions, and then we have workshops. And so I'll kind of just quickly briefly talk about each one. The mental health coaching is different from like an LPC or a licensed social worker in the sense that there's no, there's no treatment and there's no um, diagnosis of any kind of mental health illness. And if the, um, if a, a member or a non-member, when non-members are allowed to come in, um, were to come in and it was out of the scope of the coach, then the coach, the coach would refer um, to an appropriate outside provider. But in this, um, in this service, you're able to come meet with the coach and really have that psychoeducation portion and a safe place to communicate some of the things that are going on. Um, and again, at the same time, on an elevated level with a little bit more expertise in facilitating help, um, you're able to, one, you can work out with the person and then, or, and you can sit in a room that's more private and discreet um, and giving a safe place for a member or non-member to, um, to meet with a coach. And, and then on top of that, we have those group sessions as we found that as members, you know, pre and post the pandemic, um, we have found that grief is probably one of the least topics talked about and one of the most powerful emotions. And so a lot of our members have silently um, also been going through some things as far as like grief and loss and loss doesn't necessarily mean just loss of a loved one, but a way of living and things and, and so forth. And so we have given this opportunity to help our members who are family inside the club and, out, and outside of the club, a place to gather with other people that are going through similar things and work together as a community to share their story, to share what's going on with them, the tools and the resources by a facilitator who is guiding a 12-week program to facilitate um, healing and those tools for something that is so common among us that is also so quiet. Like there's almost a stigma about grief and how long we can um, grieve ourselves. And so this is nice because if you're a, a person that likes to be in a group, this is an opportunity to be in a group setting. If you're more of a one-on-one, -on -one, I like things to be private. I'm not yet that open, or I just am more of, you know, an introvert. I don't feel comfortable. Then you can meet on that one-on-one. -on -one. And then the workshops are really nice because some people just can't commit to in-person 12-week programs. And this workshop really is an accelerated way of to being able to combine everything within to two to three hours giving that opportunity for people that are not at the club, at the home club, or 
even in the state, because we meet virtually, to come in and get these services. So it's a really deeper level of being able to connect that mental health with the physical health by providing services that you typically would not find at a health club. And so I'm so proud of what we're doing and what we're doing for our members. It really has had an impact. Um, and I hope that others are going to piggyback and pick up on this and start bringing in more providers. And lastly, um, for the employees, they get a discount for um, meeting with a, a mental health coach and or for those group sessions. So that way we're taking care of our employees as well. Awesome. A lot of great stuff there as well. Um, we have five minutes left, so I want to give everyone the opportunity to just share one quick final thought on the topic. If you only had one sentence to say to people on the topic, what would it be? And Elise, we'll start with you. Oh, okay. First up, let's see. Um, I mean, really, I've taken a lot out of this and and I, Mary and, and Laura, I also would love to get some information from you guys. I think what you're offering is incredible. Um, I know people really do struggle if they are looking for help, they don't even know where to start and finding a trusted professional uh, mental health provider is huge. So I think what you guys are doing is, is absolutely incredible. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice as small as it sounds is just really working on forming those connections with your members, um, whether it's somebody, even just somebody coming in for a tour. I think no matter what someone's personality is, if they are more of um, an introvert or an extrovert or a loner or a people person, we all want to feel seen. Um, and I think as healthcare, um, as being in the industry, we need to remember that, that we all just want to be connected. We all want to be thought about. We all want to be cared for and taking that into your daily life, whether it's talking to someone on the phone or um, giving somebody a tour of the facility or training somebody or in a group fitness class, just remembering that um, as simple as remembering someone's name can have a huge impact on them. And I think that seems like such a small place to start, but if we all could take that on, I think it would trickle down and, and we would see much more positive effects. And I think communicating and educating our staff and our members on the importance of putting that, um, that value on your mental health, if not as much or more than your physical health is, is going to be huge for your longevity of life. It's not just about your heart. It's your heart is connected to your brain and they go hand in hand. And we all need to remember that. Yeah. Jacqueline, really quick before you have to go. What are your sure. thoughts? Yeah, that's okay. Um, so I think um, my, my biggest takeaway, I guess, two things. One, that prevention is proactive and movement is one of the best tools that we have to get ahead of physical and mental decline. Um, and I think as an industry, we can do a better job of speaking to that to our members. Um, so yeah, prevention is proactive and movement is medicine, right? And then um, like you, Elise, I think I would love for us as an industry to view our role as a connector, right? We can facilitate connection at our clubs through our programming, um, through the less, you know, parties for our Les Mills fanatics or socials for our senior members, whatever it is that we're doing, we can facilitate connection and that can make a huge difference in mental well-being as part of that prevention. So. Awesome. Erin, what are your final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts would be just making this topic approachable um, and doable in everyday life. So really um, focusing on teaching basics. And in my understanding, learning is having this same situation come up and then following up with a different action. So that can only happen if we truly understand something and are able to practice it. So I think this is where we can reinvent ourselves as an industry, where we can be creative and say, let's do these things differently. And we'll be able to engage more people by, you know, putting a, a two minute breathing exercise at the beginning of a personal training session and um, or asking someone what was challenging this week for you? What went well? Um, what are you looking forward to? Little things like that that can be incorporated into things that we already do because people don't have a lot of time and it's hard to get all of this in. So just making it something that's doable and helping people practice it um, when they're with us. Yeah, of course. Mary, what are your final thoughts? 
Yeah, I would say it's important that, you know, view what we do as a mission-based industry, that we have a passion for making a difference in people's lives. And as managers and leaders in the industry, we should all find it rewarding to help staff and to help others. And if we have that passion within us to make that difference in people's lives, then we're doing our job. Yeah, Laura. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I would want to say is as we are trying to incorporate mental health into things um, and we might not know how to do or what to do, I think the biggest thing that you can tell yourself for any situation that you're stuck in is be the change you want to see. And that's powerful. Powerful yeah. enough. Yeah, I can't believe we are out of time. I still had questions I want to ask, but a lot of great stuff was covered. I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation is we're not going to be mental health professionals in this industry, but we do have avenues where we can help assist and be that connector that we were talking about. So even though it may seem foreign at first, there is a way for the industry to get involved and to help members and help more people in communities. So thank you all so much for taking your time to be panelists today and attendees. Thank you for joining us. And I really hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.